we started off a series last week, Pastor Tiffany did, and we just wanted to come to you on the subject of Thanksgiving. It's where we are. We're on the other side of it now. I get it. And, uh, but uh, we just felt like that uh, there's power in the subject of Thanksgiving. There's power in the voice of your Thanksgiving. And when you can embrace some things along the line of Thanksgiving in the midst of no matter where you are and, and apply some scriptures to that and, and allow the word to work for you, then, then it really becomes a, a, a thing that po- propels you into a life that, man, it can be a blast. It can be a lot of fun. And I want to help you do that today. I want to help you recognize some people that might be in your life that will help you along this journey that you're in, that, that already know God, that, that already may be free, and, and all of that, and they already got purpose, and they're making a difference, and you might be trying to figure that out. And uh, we read our scripture together that we're going to land on at the end of today, but I want to go back into the scripture that Pastor Tiffany introduced to us last week. Man, was that awesome. I want to again thank Brittany. I want to thank Beth and David and uh, Carson for sharing their story last week. Here's what you didn't hear. Here's what you didn't hear in their story, that everything was a bed of roses and life was peachy king. That's not what you heard. You heard what they did in the middle of that. And it worked out different for them than people that want to camp there. <clears throat> anyway, here, go with me to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. This is the scripture that Pastor Tiffany opened up with last week. And I'm sorry, excuse me. Um, did I jump the ship here? No, 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 no. That's what we want. Yeah, that's what we want, right? Proverbs. Oh, my gosh. Proverbs 15, 15. Help me out. It's been three weeks, man. Proverbs 15, 15. Here's what it says. New Living Translation. For the despondent, every day brings trouble. Now, that's not who we want to be. All right, we don't want trouble every day. I know some of you probably feel like you got trouble every day, and, and maybe your circumstances merit the, the truth of that or the fact of that. Maybe the circumstances you didn't bring on yourself. Maybe it's just, uh, and it's, it, can, I excuse, can I use the word? It's hell for you right now. But I want to show you how to come up and out of that hell, but it's going to take some things on our part to be able to do that. And I would venture to say some of you are already doing it. But here we go. For the despondent, every day brings trouble. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. And the title of this series is Feast. I want to read it to you out of the King James. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is the, of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Well, that's what we want. We want continual feast. But we've got to find out what feast means today a little bit. Go a little bit further than we did last week. But here, let me define a couple words for you out of this scripture. I'm really going to kind of talk about some phrases and some words with you. You okay with some teaching right now? But here in this scripture, we're going to look at this phrase. It says, all the days of the afflicted. So we got every day of a certain group of people. And there ain't no doubt that all of us may be able to relate to this type of person at some point in our life. We want to make sure it's not all the days of your life. You might have days or weeks or something, but not all the day. All the days means until Jesus comes. All right, so let's, let's, let's define the length of time here. All the days mean this is who you are for the rest of your life. You don't have to be who you are the rest of your life. You can be somebody that God says you are. But it says that you're afflicted. All the days of the afflicted, here's what that word means. All the depressed in mind and in circumstances. 
So all those that are depressed in their mind and depressed in their circumstances or oppressed in their circumstances, the Bible says their days will be evil, will be bad, all the days. And the word evil, we've got to define that, bad, of course, but here's what it means. Their days will be with many adversities, many calamities, many distresses, with many griefs, with many miseries. Misery loves company, too. You'll have some friends with you. With many miseries, with many sorrows. And that just actually right there begins to put a wet blanket, just kind of shuts the joy that we just had down because you're probably trying to identify with it. You're probably trying to find, well, well man, that's me. It doesn't have to stay you. It's interesting, if you think about it, what's a common response or action that's taken by, by many people when, when this is starting to happen in their life? Well, number one is isolation. They get away from people. Uh, addictions, drugs, alcohol, self-medicate, sex, fornication, adultery. Don't got to have some more fun. Because what you're really doing, you're just trying to cover the pain. You're trying to, to, to cover something that's, that's there that's never going to go away, but it's going to be temporary with those kinds of options of choice. And we're, this is a no-brainer. We, most of us understand this. That this type of life is not the one that I want, but also I would venture to say that maybe that some of us have tried to, maybe seen some of that life in our, in our life, or know somebody. Let's take it off of us. We're good people here. We got it all together. Maybe some, you know someone that that's what their life looks like, and you're seeing them do that, what I just told you, to, to, to pacify or to deal with the pain or to cover something that maybe they didn't even cause in their life, but that's how they're handling it, with outside worldly sources that are not going to do anything, but basically create a hangover and a bad life for the rest of their life. It's going to cause their days to always be evil. But we don't want that. Look at somebody and say, I don't want that. <laughs> But the Bible says here, now this is very interesting, because it says, uh, but he, or she, that is of a merry heart. What it doesn't say, he or she doesn't have those things in their life. It says, he or she, even with those things in their life, is of a merry heart. It doesn't disqualify, it doesn't qualify and say, hey, but those that have no calamity, have no adversity, have none of these things, they have a merry heart. It's not what it says. It says, he that has a merry heart has a continual feast. So we got to look at that phrase, he that has a merry heart. What does all that mean? Because I, I, I still can't really identify with that, Pastor. How is that going to help me get to this feast thing you keep talking about? Well, you got to look at it. The phrase merry heart, be, but he that has a merry heart means this. He who chooses to be cheerful, he who chooses to be gracious, he who chooses to be kind, he who chooses to be loving, he who chooses to be pleasant, who chooses to do good. Out of those six definitions, there was only one that was individual about yourself. He who chooses to be cheerful, everything else is an outreach. So that tells me what's going to bring maybe possibility, the possibility of merry heart in my life is not just trying to cheer myself up. How about cheering somebody else up, even though I've got these things going on in my life? <laughs> you see, this is not based on where you are. This is a base of where I want to go. And if I want to go somewhere different, I'm not going to look at where I am. I'm going to do something different and allow where I am to go with me. 
says he has a continual. That means it never stops. So if I got all these things, the Bible says if this is what's my first place in my life, all of you know, uh, 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 despondent and allowing that to control me, I'm gonna have every day gonna be bad. But if I look at those same kind of circumstances and do something, make a choice, choose to be cheerful in the middle of that, but go beyond just choosing me for myself, start to choose somebody else and other people reaching beyond yourself, the Bible says that that man or that woman will have a continual feast. So the word feast, we found a definition of that word last week. Can I read it to you again? Because it's important. Here's what it says. A feast that, that says that you will have a large meal... Nobody wants to eat anymore right now. Typically, a celebration of something usually involving many people. <laughs> so if I want a continual feast, guess what's going to have to be in my life? People. Not me, myself, and I. Stepping beyond yourself, if I want to come out of the adversity and the calamity and the misery and misery loves company and get away from that, change my company, get to somewhere where, you know, I'm going to find some different people. I'm going to get some people that are really concerned about feasting. But man, did I land on something really, really powerful. I took the word feast and I did a word study on it in the Greek and the Hebrew and, I, and it caught me off guard because I couldn't find a different definition because the one that I found really, really shook me up a little bit because I could relate to it really well. The word feast here, again, remember, you need people. Say, I need people. And look at somebody and say, I, you need people. All right. The word feast here also means this definition. I don't care where you, you can go do your own word search. Go get you this thing called PC Study Bible on the computer. It, it'll lead you to right where I am. You just got to be willing to take the time to do it. And it'll take you all the way to this definition. Everywhere, all the whole circle. The Bible says that this person that is willing to choose to be cheerful, when they don't feel like being cheerful, that'll stretch beyond their self, become that person that chooses to be gracious, kind, loving, pleasant, and good. The Bible says that this person will become tipsy. The word feast means to become tipsy. Now, there's also another meaning to it. It means to be satiated. Say that word a hundred times. Satiated with the stimulating drink. Some of you know what I mean real well when I say stimulating drink. To be satiated with a stimulating influence. Ultimately, what it's saying is to be filled abundantly. And the Bible says in 1722, Proverbs 1722 says, A merry heart, a satiated heart, doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit will dryeth up the bones. Say this with me. I'm ready for a feast. I'm ready for a feast. Look at somebody and say, you ready to get tipsy? <laughs> now, and I'm going to really throw you off. All right? Look at somebody else and say, you ready to get drunk? <laughs> I know this life very well about satiated with strong drink. It's the life I came out of. And I'm just telling you that the Bible is very clear that if I will do something different in the middle of my circumstances, the result will be the strong drink effect, the strong influence effect, the tipsy effect that will change my life. Now listen, I'm going to give you two quotes and I want you to hear them. We're going to receive communion today. So I've got to be a really good steward of time. 
But I don't want us to receive communion on just a dry note of not understanding what you're doing in communion. And I think we do. I think we go through the formula. I think we go through the right heart of it. But man, we do not understand the power of it and the thankfulness that happens when we're together in it. Thankfulness is a decision before it's a discipline. Thankfulness is an action before it's an attitude. <laughs> Thankfulness is a action before it's an attitude. All right, now hold on with me. Let me bring this to something that maybe you can understand. It helps me to understand it this way. I don't know about you, but if you came from the world of drinking, and I could point out a bunch of you right here, right now, some good friends of mine in this room right now, I had this thing that I call drinking buddies. And I knew that these buddies, man, we were going to be the life of the party. We're going to pull up to the bar, and we're going to be those people that make the little fish big fish. We're going to be those people. They're going to be the ones that, that I found out in my drinking world, in my drinking life, drinking buddies are a lot better with some buddies alongside of me. Because I found out when I did it alone, and I ran out of something to drink, I had no one to go get me more to drink. And that's a bad place to be if you're a drinker. But you know what we're doing? We're showing up to the bar trying to get something that the bar is never going to get you. And really the answer is going to be in the right drinking buddies. And we're allowing the world to be the definition of who we're going to spend time with and what we're going to spend time with. And really, uh, it's just leading to a place where life will be full of adversity, full of things every single day with no answer to it. So here's my answer to it. Here's my answer to this subject because we're going to go from this place where we have drinking buddies in your life. And what does a drinking buddy mean? What does a drinking buddy do for me? I'd actually like to get a show of hands how many had drinking buddies, but I'd rather not do that. I'd, all, I'd rather say how many have drinking buddies right now. I really don't want to do that. But I believe it's going to bring it to a place where you understand the importance of people in your life and the right people in your life. I didn't want the guy in my life that could only drink just one beer. That would not be good for me. I wanted a guy that's going to go all the way until we're done and we're going to keep on looking for more. And it's interesting, the Bible is very clear that if I will take this step here and I want feasting in my life, if I want the tipsy type of life, I want strong influence in my life, I want the part of my life that's going to turn around and become that life that's going to not have misery, not have calamity to where it overtakes me, I'm going to need some people that know how to drink with me. And they're going to need to know how to drink the right thing. So here's what I want to show you real quick. Can y'all see that? <clears throat> when I look at this square and I put myself right in the middle of it, I have a tendency at times to just make sure that what's the person, most important part of my whole life. And I found out a long time ago that if I take this square and I divide it into four corners and I get four corners in my life, four drinking buddies in my life, and if I start to come outside of this circle of who I am, that something's going to hurt me or harm me, I've got someone that's going to keep me back in the center of, of the God's will for my life and not allow me to get out of that. But here's what's key. I don't want the wrong drinking buddy. I don't want the one that when I start to come out and they're going to start to pacify what I'm saying and get all pansy with me and take me out of my circle. I need someone that needs to know faith. 
I need to know someone that, has, that knows my covenant. I need someone that's going to tell me the truth. I need the right drinking buddy that's going to be willing to drink life with me and take me to a place where we're going to get tipsy in the things of God. I'm going to show you what that looks like. Go with me to our text scripture. Go with me to Hebrews 13, verse 15. The scripture says here in verse 15, says, Therefore let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Listen to this out of this scripture, out of the King James. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. There's two key things that are happening here. You see, what your response is in this world and this Christian life is always based upon something else that was done for you. And what we're doing is we're allowing people to be the defining factor of that instead of allowing him to be the defining factor of what's happening in my life. I'm going to the wrong people. I'm going to the people that are going to really kind of pacify the, the circumstances. They want to make you feel good in your circumstances. These four corners can't be people that are willing to make you feel good. These four corners can't be the people that are going to tell you that it's going to be okay in just 24 hours because it might not be okay in 24 hours. These four people got to tell you that it's going to be okay no matter what. Time's not an issue. These four people in your life need to be the people that are like best friends in your life, but they're the people that aren't just going to counsel you in the moment. They're going to counsel you to the victory. They're going to take you to this place of faith in your covenant, and they're going to know your covenant. They're going to know what your covenant says. And what we're doing is we're surrounding ourselves with the wrong people, allowing ourselves to stay in the life that we're in. And the Bible says you do that long enough, calamity's coming your way. And calamity will come your way, and once it does, if you don't have the people in your life that's going to take you beyond that calamity, it'll become all day, every day, the rest of your life. And you say, man, that's pretty heavy, Pastor. Yeah, it is heavy. But you know what? The Bible says that there's a result to when I put the right people in my life. And what we're doing is we're sacrificing the very things that are going to help you and to move you forward in life, all for fun, all for a feel-good, all for a better day, for a moment. And this is about eternity. This is about every day of your life. This is a day that you can walk and be free and have the, 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 the joy of the Lord that, yeah, says it's your strength. But when I don't feel strong, I don't feel like I'm going to make it. I don't think I'm going to overcome. And I start to want to go backwards in life. I want to fall back into that place of misery. i got to have the right person. i got to have a drinking buddy that's going to make me drink some more from the well that will never run dry. I've got to have a drinking buddy that will take me to the covenant that I live in. And he's not going to let me compromise until those words are able to get into my mouth. That guy stays with me through thick and thin. What if he's not here? That's why I got another one. What if he's not here? That's why I got another one. What if he's not here? You need to get you two or three on the corner. And I want you to see, every time you come to church, you are sitting next to people that want a drink of the Spirit of God with you, and instead of pulling you away from this, how come we don't come to it more? Hebrews 13, 15. By him, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. <laughs> let us offer the sacrifice of praise. I don't have time to tell you every definition of these words. 
I'm going to tell you the definition of the phrase. This means I'm driven by the repetition of telling the story continually of what God has done for me in my life. I'm driven by telling you, hey, I'm having a bad day. I'm going to get to somebody. Tell me a story. Tell me a story. Tell me a testimony. Tell me something that tells me I can come up out of this. Come on, tell me. I need you. I need to hear you today. Living this life of four corners is being willing to pick up the phone. Living this life of four corners is being willing to not go to the bar and look for this and find the own bar of the altar of, the God, of Christ, whatever it's got to be for you. You find that type of place and it becomes an answer for you. Everything on the outside of that altar will become temporary. This is the only thing that will last through eternity. I don't want to make it about religion. I don't want to make it about being holy. We do need to leave, live holy, strive to be more holier than we are. I get it. But sometimes the choices that we're making are not that difficult to make. We're just doing it because it's who I've always been. Change who you've always been and be what God's called you to be. You don't understand, Pastor. This is going on forever. I, the last time I checked, he's the one that's got eternity in his hands. So why don't we go to him and, and get some people that'll talk to me about eternity, that'll talk to me about faith, that'll pull me up and out and understand that the covenant that I live in is not one that's going under, it's not one that's going down, it's not one that's going to quit. Right. That is the fruit of our lips. And when you look at the word lips, it means there's an outpouring of this. It's not a one-time thing. You know, it's like the people that get on this confession kick. Most of the people that get on confession kick, they do it for two days and they don't do it anymore. Because they don't see the result after the confession. It's not in the confession that makes the result. It's the consistency of the heart of knowing that what you say will take place. And just saying the words is not going to make it happen. It's believing in the words that you say. And you will not believe in the words that you say if you don't have the right people in your, in your corner. <laughs> that is the fruit of our lips. Breaking the silence, taking by force, and acknowledging the covenant that I have. Look at somebody and say, I, I, are you going to be my drinking buddy? Hmm? Come on, look at somebody and say, you going to be my drinking buddy? Because we're getting ready to pull up to the bar. And we're going to have some conversation. And we're going to talk about your life. We're going to talk about my life. And we're going to look for the stuff that's holding me back. And I'm going to look for faith. I'm going to look for covenant. And we're going to talk covenant. We're going to break the silence. We're going to get to that place where we're going to go after the victory of God. And we're not going to compromise for anything less because this is who we are. This is my covenant. Can I be transparent with you? Most of you know about that much of your covenant. And you know that much more of the covenant that you don't live in. The Old Testament is Old Covenant. The New Covenant is the New Testament. It's the covenant that you live in. You've got to look at the old through the eyes of the new, and what this one says becomes what this one was. Here's an example. Just about two weeks ago, got slapped with the same thing that everybody else gets challenged with sometimes, cold and flu and all of those things. But I know my covenant. I know how to take medicine. I know how to drink. I know I drink real good, to be honest with you. I got practice. I had a day of drinking. I had weeks of drinking. I had years of drinking. And it was taking me down a road that there was going to be no answer to it. 
And somehow one day, guess what? I didn't have some lightning bolt knock me side the head. I didn't have someone come to me and say, you need to get a grip. I just got a grip. I made a choice to go a different direction. And when I did, I start to get tipsy. I start to get influenced. I start to get saturated, satiated, excuse me, with the things of God. And all of a sudden I found out that this one has just lived a life with there's no hangover on the other side of it. In the middle of the same things that you're living. But I know my covenant. My covenant says that sickness is not of God. My covenant says when I see sickness, it makes me mad. It ticks me off. Because I know that what it's trying to do is to take people off of this earth way too soon. And in that covenant, the Bible says very clearly in Deuteronomy 28, do you know what that is, anybody? It's the curse of the law written therein. That if I do all of these things, or don't do these things, I'll have these things. And the covenant that you and I live in, that I want people believing God with me about, that I want four corners about, that covenant says that anything mentioned in that covenant, in that law, in that curse, is not for me. And the Bible says I've been redeemed from it. I don't have to have it. But do you have people in your life that will break the silence and take by force the things that God said you can have? If you don't know them, get the people. If you don't even know what those things are, get people in your life that do, and you'll learn them. Why are we going home and not changing life and still doing the same old thing Popping a can, popping a bottle, just to ease the pain. Or because it's what I've always done. When there's an answer for that, to make life better. And it's not a life full of misery. It's not a life full of depression and oppression. There's a better life on this earth that you and I live in right now. It just requires to make some different choices. And one of the ways to begin to make that choice is to get beyond yourself and understand, I need some people in my life to help me make right choices because I'm pretty confident that someday I might make the wrong one. And I've proven that. But when I do, I want the guy that's going to pick me up and say, come on, the mercy of God's new every day. We're going to get back up on that horse. We're going to ride out there. We're going to go out blazing. And we're not going to succumb to those things. We're not going to succumb to those consequences. You're going to move forward from that because that's not who you are. This was supposed to be a drunk message, but it's become more than that. You want continual feast? You want tipsy? You want to be satiated? Satiated just means fully supplied. You want to have the abundant supply of the things that you keep hearing people talk about? You want to have what that guy has that makes you so mad because he's so happy? <laughs> you ever been around those people? You're having a horrible, terrible day, and you get around those people that just everything's, everything's happy? You just want to punch them? Maybe that's who you need in your corner. <laughs> and punch the devil instead of punching each other. That's all I'm saying, guys. Come into this place where the scripture says very clearly that you and I, 
as we see the days approaching, as we see calamity in each other's lives, recognize this one truth that gather yourselves together all the more because you're going to need each other more to be able to establish the covenant into your life because the devil's going to try to take it away from you. With lies and deception, he's going to try to steal the truth from you, take your joy away from you. And I don't know about you, uh, my father-in-law said something to me the other day that was very powerful. 81 years old, still learning and growing in God and taking instruction from God. Every day of his life, he said, I've always said that this is the day that the Lord has made. And he says, the moment I said it, this one day, he, came, he shared it with me. And sometimes when he comes to share something, you have no clue what it's going to be. It could be something to correct you. It could be something to, to you just don't ever know. And he said, but the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, no, this is not the day that I've made. This is your day. What are you going to do with it? I'm asking you, what are you going to do with your days that you have on this earth? Are you going to live a life of misery? Are you going to live a life of all that stuff we don't want? Are we going to live a life tipsy with God? Are we going to live a life satiated with the things of God? Are we going to live, I'm snorting. Are we going to, are we going to live a life that all the things that I continue to see, that I'm kind of, where are they at, God? You're going to need people in your life to help you do that. And you're going to need the right people in your life to help you do that. Because the Bible is very clear that as the days get darker, the light gets brighter. But you just might not. Are we looking for the light? Are we looking at it in the right places? You might not find it sitting at the bar with 15 people. It's not going to be your answer. It's not going to be the thing that's going to set you free. It's not going to be that place that takes you to another place. It'll be this place where you come into that world where the life that you're living is people that are full of the thankfulness of God. And they understand how much the joy of the Lord can be your strength. They've, they've got a testimony that proves that well, this is where I was, but this is where I'm not going to be. This is where I'm going to live. They've got a story that looks like uh, Beth and Davis. They had that story last week, remember? Believe in God for a baby. Remember that story of Carson? About died two weeks ago. I saw her. She about died. But she had the right people in her corner. She had the right people around her bed that weren't going to let anything go beyond what we saw. Hmm? Beth and David had the right people in their corner, had the right people that would talk them up and out and not let go. People that were writing stuff on the board for them that they didn't even know about. Hmm? How about Brittany? Brittany had yielded to the life of addiction. And if you heard her story, it was a whole story of lost everything. How in the world do you think that came back? She got around the right people that talked her out of that and talked her to a place to where she could see beyond where she was when it looked hopeless and it looked like there was no way out. She got around the people that were going to make a difference in her life. Choose the right people. Choose the right people that will live a life of thankfulness in the covenant that you and I live in. And if you do that, you'll find out that you'll come to that place where there's life. It's tipsy, where it's full of the abundance of God, where it's full of the joy of God, where there's strength for every single one of you. You'll become that person that everybody wants to be around. Matter of fact, you'll get to where you get tired of people wanting to be around you so much because there's just something about you. 
Stand up with me this morning. Look at somebody this morning and say, there's something about you that makes you different. There's something about you that makes you different. The things that make you different, guys, is not that you're better than other people. It's not that you are holier than thou. It's not that you don't have the world in your life going off daily. What makes you different is you you actually make some choices how to respond to those things. And those choices and those responses determine the direction that your life takes. Some of us saw some loved ones go home this year. And we wished they didn't go home. But you know what? We chose to look at those things differently. We chose to look through a thin veil into heaven and know that that's all it is, is a thin veil to heaven. Some of you probably come to this place where maybe you lost something in your life. Maybe your stocks went away. Maybe you're trying to figure out how am I going to make money? How are you going to pay for Christmas? You're looking at it differently. You're getting some people around you that will talk you beyond the moment and take you into the future. These are the people that live a life of thankfulness. These are the people that have feast in their life. It's not based on where they are. It's based on where they're going. And it's based on the response that they have to where they are. Every head bow, every eye closed this morning.